You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 124. This episode's called Why Nick is Wrong. Fan podcast number 124. You know, last week, David, I was saying it was 125. <laughs> you know what? After you've done the first hundred, they all kind of blur together. They do. Usually I go to the techfanpodcast.com website just to make sure because I forget. And yep. uh, yeah, yeah, I saw it was last one was 123, and I said, oh crap, I've been saying 125 the whole time. <laughs> so that ought to confuse people. You shouldn't even, I bet if you'd not said anything, nobody would have noticed. No, you're probably right. No, there would have been like one or two. Probably Mark Shepard would have noticed. Yeah, he notices everything. He does. <laughs> <laughs> you want to explain that one? He, uh, Mark, Mark Shepard sent us a um, comment. I love most all the shows on the Stoplight Network, but I have a bone to pick with Tim Robertson. Tim, it's game console, not game console. Sounds ridiculous every time you say it. Council. Otherwise, if everything's fine the thing is is that now obviously I say console because I mean I speak the Queen's English and I'd not noticed that you pronounced it differently so you'd have thought I would have pulled you up on it before he did I didn't notice that I was to be honest I think it's my Michigan accent just kind of every now and then rears its ugly head I can probably say it correctly if I speak like this the whole time the game councils 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 so I did reply to uh, to him um, yes, you sent him in a very attractive picture. I did. I did a Google search. Uh, I think the Google search was uh, boy flipping the bird. <laughs> <laughs> and then he certainly is. Uh, and, of course, he, he understood the, uh, you know, that it wasn't yeah. serious. No, but, I, I yeah, I, I say it wrong. I've got, uh, Misa's got bad English sometimes. Oh, no. <laughs> Somebody was, uh, who was that? Somebody was complaining on Facebook that people start sentences with the word me too often. And uh, I, I think I might do that sometimes, too. Like, oh, me and David were doing this, or and you're not supposed to. It's David and yeah, I. Yeah, David and I. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's always this argument between... Uh, I, I suppose this kind of mirrors, you know, some of the things you see in the tech industry, where whenever anything is changed, people go, "Oh, they shouldn't change it; should have left it the way it was. It was perfect. It was good." Well, language you evolves, know. yes, but well, that's... well, that's well, that, that, but that people who are, who are very formal about the way you phrase things and grammar and that sort of thing, you know, the famous one is the split infinitive in the uh, introduction to Star Trek to boldly go where no one has gone before. Right. Where, you know, the, the, the proper grammar is to say to go boldly. But the point is it doesn't sound right. Right. It doesn't sound as good. You know, um, and, and yes, language is an evolving thing. Everything evolves. Everything changes. I suppose... I understand where people are coming from about if it gets with language, if it gets too sloppy, then the meanings can diminish and the meanings can change and that sort of thing. But that's kind of 
kind of how language evolves anyway. Yeah, but you know, there's there are certain communities within the United States, anyways, that have butchered the English language to the point where I I can't understand what they're talking about half the time. Yeah. That's taking it to the extreme, which isn't good either. But but having said that, many other countries do that too. I mean, sure, patois is 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 very well known right across the world that that people have it's almost it, it you take a dialect and then you take it further and all of a sudden it's a different language yeah really you know? is but, uh i who knows i i'm i'm pr- probably not really qualified to speak authoritatively on such things probably more than i am though <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that, either, uh, that anyway so, so uh yeah there was you, that of course now every time you say council i'm going to hear it council yeah it's that oh at the end council 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 i don't know i just my tongue doesn't want to say it properly i could say it properly if i try to but in casual conversation it i don't know yeah Uh, maybe i'm thinking of uh going in front of a judge too much or something i need my counsel (laughs) (laughs) i suppose if you're being sued about pirating a video game that could get very confusing oh yeah there you go So, uh, yeah, there's a couple little changes uh, this week in the Stoplight Network. Well, really one. We were having problems with At Minute, uh, the feed, and it wasn't showing up correctly in iTunes. And eventually we just had it removed from iTunes, the podcasting section. Uh And I kind of stepped back a little bit and looked at the direction of that show. Um that was John Nemo and Michael Breed. Yeah. And I, while I like the content, it's kind of got far afield of the name and what it was created originally for. Uh, I think I created that show in 2005 or six. I forget now. Maybe seven. It's been a long time. And originally, uh, I designed it for Sam Levin and occasionally myself to do a short form podcast about apps app minute that's what it was for and it just got way kind of away from that and i still think that there's um a place for a short form less than five minutes in and out talking about apps and since we were going to kind of retool it anyways and, and fix it we just pretty much started from scratch right so App Minute Podcast number one went live this last week. We've already got four episodes up now. I've done three of them. <laughs> uh, and there's other people that are interested in participating as well because it's a very easy show to do. All you have to do is record on your iPhone if you wanted to. In fact, uh, episode number four, I recorded on an iPhone 5 with a built-in microphone. And uh, send me the audio. I'll do the little mixing thing with the intro and outro and all that stuff and then it's live done but that's what the show is now david it's it's um preferably one app now if you're comparing two apps that's fine but whatever it is it's it's app related and it's less than five minutes Uh, i i tell people preferably less than three minutes and we haven't gone over three minutes yet on the four shows that are up there and uh so far the reception has been good and cool. a lot of people have already come up and said, hey, I, I wouldn't mind participating in that. I mean, that's that's almost no commitment. And let's be honest, three minutes of audio, you could record literally 
three weeks worth in a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, were, absolutely. It's I mean, simple. We, I mean, one of the problems we face when we when we're reviewing apps for um, for the site um, is obviously, in a, if a developer contacts us and gives us an app or points us in the direction app to look at, they of, they often want a fairly quick response as part of their marketing. You know, that's that's the way this parts of this industry work. You know, they they let you have a look at it, but they're kind of they're hoping to get a review fairly quickly as part of a combined push by you know getting it reviewed in a couple of outlets sure. and maybe talking about it on a podcast and this and that and the other. And and I have had experiences where some developers have got frustrated because by the time I've gotten around to the app and looked at it properly, you know, a couple of weeks have gone by and then I've got to write the review. So um, seems to me that this would be a good way of perhaps doing short form quick reviews uh, and actually getting you know when it, when an app is initially launched getting the word out about it so yeah that's i mean there's something to be said for that but i don't really care about companies marketing plans or any of the, i don't care no i'm not really thinking about companies i'm thinking about the loan developer the sure. guy who's you know put six months of blood sweat and tears into his app and um let's face it the way the app store is currently organized when you go live with your app and actually get it get it out, then you want people to know about it because they're not going to find it by accident. Uh, no, that's true. Um, but by the same token, if it's a couple weeks after it's been released and you see a review pop up, well, then you have more sales at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, spread it out a little bit instead of just one big bang and then nothing. Uh, but no, I enjoy doing the show. It's uh, It's kind of getting back to the way I think it should be. And since I own it, <laughs> you demand. That's, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I did uh, yesterday uh, an app called Little Acorns. Michael Breed did uh, iTunes U, which, to be honest, and and Michael says this in his review, and he said this in his email to me. It's one of those things that is simply fantastic, and not enough people take advantage of it. It's free education. Absolutely 100% free. And there's thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of material up there in iTunes U. And Apple's done a a really a piss poor job of marketing what this is and why it's such a great thing. Don't you agree? Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, I've never used it. I, I, I know that they kind of prompt you when you set a new device up to download it as part of the you know, these are the apps that we recommend type thing, but I, I've never used it. So, um, I downloaded, I, I got into this astronomy one where they were talking about the, uh, inner planets in our solar system, you know, earth, Mars, Jupiter, and there must've been, I'm going to say 15, uh, videos. And it was the, the teacher teaching, but it was awesome. And then when he would go to the slides, the whole screen would fill with the slide. So they were they yeah. actually edited this thing, and it was really nice. Great animation. Um, and it, each course was like, or each class was like 45 minutes, and they had like 15 of these things. And I watched every one of them. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Of course, I mean, I'm not going to get a degree in anything by using iTunes U, but that's not what it's about for me. It's It's about actually learning. Well, yeah, but the thing is, if you are, let's face it, which uh, which student doesn't have a paper to write or a um, a topic to research? Yeah, you know, I mean, why not? Why not get it from the source? You know, from the universities and that sort of thing, and get an understanding of a of a of a topic. It's a terrific resource. I'm glad that uh, that Mike Breed went in and did an at minute on it. 
And of course, we're talking about it here on Tech Fan as well. So it's just one of those things that I think is really uh, important, and I hope more people use it. Well, see, I've just popped into it now on, on my uh, on my iTunes on my on my computer here, and I'm seeing a, a course here from um, Stanford University, coding together, developing apps for iPhone and iPad. Yeah. Updated for iOS six. Now, I've always thought I I would quite like to do a coding course on how to write for the for the iOS devices. Uh-huh. You know, something introductory. Well. I could start with the first one of these. It would probably give me good grounding. Right. You could subscribe to it, sync it to your iPad, yeah. watch them on your iPad with headphones on while your kids are watching cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, heaven forbid we learn something, right? Absolutely. My, my biggest problem, though, honestly, is time. Well, I'm, that's I'm right. very busy creating and reintroducing podcasts all the time. <laughs> uh, I also did a review of Candy Crutch candy crush saga for the ipad uh i'm actually going to we're going to take two breaks this week on this show david Mm -hmm. i'm actually going to insert that review uh in this episode okay and this way people listening to tech fan get an idea of what app minute is all about Uh, i'll put it in there you'll hear the opening you're listening to the stoplight network you know that thing the whole thing will be right here in this episode and you can listen to it and the first thing that I that what relaunched the site was my review of Comedy Central's stand up for iPad. Do you like stand up comedy, David? Oh yeah. <clears throat> and I don't know if you can get this app in the UK. Probably not. But it's called uh, Comedy Central, or no, it's called CC Stand Up. Um, I love stand up comedy, and this app is just fantastic. You can. Uh, you can just sit there and watch the app, and it will show you different clips from different comedians. But if you like one comedian in particular, you can click on that comedian, and you'll see just a boatload of clips. Yeah. And if you want to go deeper, well, who's what kind of comedy is related? To, or did, who did this person inspire? Who was uh, the inspiration for this comedian? They have this tree, this branch that you can go off, and it's just great. It really is. Yeah. Whoever designed this app for Comedy Central really was a fan of stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and that's a rare thing because most of these viewing apps for networks are to be honest are piss poor yeah uh most of them show just tiny little clips it's very rare that you can get a whole season let alone whole episodes um they're just, it's just not very well done it feels like they're yeah. using a template and they're just reusing it for different networks but comedy central didn't do that with this uh stand-up comedy app it's great yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking. The app's not available here, but they do have a video podcast with clips, presumably from a from is is Comedy the Central stand up? Is that, is that a show? Uh, Comedy Central is a channel. Yeah, I know it's a channel, but do they have a show on there called Stand Up? Yes, I guess. I yeah, don't. So, I don't watch Comedy Central. Yeah. So, the, so this is. It looks like <clears> what they do is they they take certain segments from it and put it into a podcast. You know. Um, but yeah, I might, well, I, I've got an American account. I might pick up the app from there. Yeah, I think you'd like so, it. It's yeah. uh, it's look, if you watch Comedy Central, and it's a stand-up act, they will uh, beep out the naughty bits, uh-huh. the naughty words. They don't do that in the app. I like that. Yeah, I'm an adult. I can handle a naughty word here and there. <laughs> Hell, but the way I talk. <laughs> So no, the, it, but I wanted to relaunch App Minute. I'm happy with the direction we're taking now. Uh, it is back live in the App Store, so you can subscribe to it. If you want to subscribe directly to it and bypass 
um, you know, Apple stuff. If you're on an Android device, if you go to appminute.com, you'll actually find a link to subscribe directly to the RSS feed. So there you go. App Minute, cool. all brand new, more focused, all about apps. And let's be honest, everybody that listens to this show, they like apps. We all do. Yep. Speaking of apps, David, you know what I thought about um, as we were getting ready to do this show? I was looking at my Mac, both my uh, laptop and my iMac, and I noticed very few apps now that I use on a regular basis or that I, you know, I'm into are made by big companies anymore. Mm. I mean, it used to be your Mac would be full or your PC would be full from apple of applications and suites and stuff like that from the biggest companies. Yeah. Back in the day it would be Lotus and Microsoft and Symantec and it it's not like that anymore. I mean, half the stuff I use comes built in with the Mac. iPhoto and I you know, I use uh, uh what do you call it? Text edit a lot. Yeah. But then I use a few things like Photoshop and Illustrator. But I don't, mm-hmm. most of the stuff I use are not from like big companies. And I don't know when that change happened. I, it it well, was kind of I, gradual. I think it was about five years ago when the, well, four years ago when the uh, the iOS app store yeah. launched. Because I think what, what I find is that many of the apps I use my, on my Mac now are basic Mac versions of stuff that started on iOS. And I think that, I think it certainly has shot in the arm to the development community you know the fact that they can spin off apps from iOS in, back into the Mac or vice versa um, and uh, obviously it, it, I think I think the whole thing is because there's a new app market out there it has stimulated a lot of development and a lot of thinking about what apps can do that, that has led to new apps for us and then obviously we have the Mac app store so we can buy them more easily now as well Yeah. Um, so, so I think all of these things you know, kind of contribute to that, uh, but but you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm, I, a lot of the apps I use now are not big apps. I use Office because I use that for work, but pretty much everything else is uh, even for graphics and stuff. I tend to use um, Pixelmator, which was they're a bigger company now, but originally they were very small. Yeah, uh, you know, Skype would be one of those, but that's owned by Microsoft now. But I we've been using Skype way before Microsoft or even eBay bought them. Yeah, uh, I use CyberDuck all the time. That's my FTP uh-huh. client. I use Levelator, which, um, if you're a podcaster, this might be of interest to you, unless you're doing an enhanced podcast. Basically, when you export your audio file as an AIF file from GarageBand, like when you and I are talking, you might be pretty low sometimes, and I might be a little loud. Yeah. Instead of going through GarageBand and trying to correct all of those instances, I take the exported AIF file, drop it into Levelator. And that, hence the name, it levels things out. It brings down the really high volumes and it brings up the low stuff. And it gives you more of a consistent audio. And it's from that converted file that I create the MP3 and all that. Uh, another one that I use all the time is Audio Hijack Pro. Yeah. One of my favorite programs because quite often, like if I want to make my own little ringtone and it's from a, a clip from a movie or something, chances are I could find that clip on YouTube right mm-hmm. well how do i record it well that's where audio hijack pro comes in i can record the audio get it just right bring that audio clip then into something like garage band edit it out 
save it out as a uh, ringtone file. Done. Yeah. Simple. Uh, in fact, I use when I'm recording podcasts, I use um, Audio Hijack Pro because it doesn't crash like GarageBand does. <laughs> <laughs> it's GarageBand's a lot better than it used to be now. Yeah. Uh, but you do what the the, the trick. Wow, well, there's a little stutter there. The trick to GarageBand, quite honestly, is to make sure you have enough RAM in your computer. If you've only got two gigs, nah, it's probably not enough. Even four gigs, to be honest, you're kind of pushing it. But on my 15-inch laptop, I've got 8 gigs, and I've got um, either 12 or 16 on the iMac. I think it's 12. Yeah, I, I've, I'm sat in front of a Mac Mini that's got 16 gig in it. Because mm-hmm. why not? It's, it wasn't expensive. Not nowadays. <laughs> Unless you order it from Apple with 16 gigs, and it's astronomical. Well, even there, compared to, compared <clears throat> to what they... Uh, what they used to charge their their prices are a little bit more expensive but they're not hugely more expensive uh i don't know you know at max specialist if if a customer wants more ram i'll try to steer them into well let us install the ram for you because yeah we're gonna even with the 25 five dollar installation fee it's still going to be cheaper than if you get it from apple mm-hmm. i mean probably 50 yeah. percent which is not insignificant no, I mean, and certainly that is a problem with some of their machines now, where you can't upgrade the RAM yourself because it's soldered. So yeah, you know, well. if you buy a Mac Air, you've got to buy it with the RAM you want right off the bat because you're not putting any more in there. And I don't know how I feel about that. I'm I'm kind of opposed to a closed system to that extent. Most Apple computers, Apple computers get it. Most Apple's computers nowadays are closed, or near enough. It's it's at the point now where mere mortals can't do a whole lot with their computers anymore. You have yeah. to take it in to a repair shop to get anything done. Well, and you have to wonder. Yeah, you have to wonder that new Mac Pro. Um, I don't think you'll be able to do an awful lot with that. It's got a couple of card slots on it, but I don't think you'll be able to do a huge amount with it because of the design. You'll be able to bump up the RAM, and that's about it. I mean, everything else. I mean, I, I don't know how it's going to be user accessible or repairable. And, of course, you know, that benefits me as an Apple specialist, but I try to divorce myself sometimes from that and look at it from a consumer's perspective. I don't know if that's yeah. a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, I, I suppose it reflects more. I mean, we have, we have this very much more um, disposable society now, don't we? Where people kind of say, oh, if, if it needs fixing or something like that, I'm, I'll just go out and buy a new one with what I want rather than upgrade. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose Apple's reflecting that, and also from from their perspective, I I would imagine that the the thought that goes through that through the the you know the, the decision makers' minds when they when they think about these things is we can get the design we want if we make the thing non upgradable, um, and if people need service, we have the Apple stores, and we have the you know the specialist network, the uh, you know approved resellers and approved uh, repairers, um, and and. I think it, presumably that they've done the, the market studies that says that that's what most people are happy with because I think the number of people who do want to upgrade the machines is pretty small. And I think those people are probably uh, hardcore Linux guys anyways. You know, they'll build it my own. Uh, I want to do it my way. Sticking yeah. it to the man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to be that guy. You know, I used to, before I got into Macs, in fact, it's one of the principal reasons I got into Macs, I used to build my own computers. I never went out and bought one. I bought all the parts. I bought a case, and I put it together myself. 
um, and that meant that, that within a budget I could get exact I could make my own design decisions I could get the compromises I wanted and then over time as I wanted to improve the computer I could take out a graphics card or uh, and replace it with a faster one put more memory and put larger drives that sort of thing but the thing is is that I got to the point where you know if anything went wrong with it I had to rebuild the entire thing from scratch and I just got tired of it yeah I can you know I can appreciate that I was, yeah. I was kind of in that modding community but i was a mac guy yeah but i mean the mac os used to be very mod friendly you could change almost any aspect of your of your macintosh you could change uh the way your menus looked um your cursor i mean everything all the icons you could people went crazy with their mac and i was really kind of into that but then os 10 came out and that whole thing kind of dropped away I mean, let's be honest, Mac OS X is very customizable. You can really get in there, especially if you know uh, command line really well. Yeah. You could really screw up your Mac. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't think it's a big thing anymore. I, I think no. the that mindset is on the web now. It's creating a cool website or it's doing something fun on YouTube. You know, that's where those people went. Well, also, I think... We, we all use many more devices than we used to now. The, it used to be you had a computer. That was the only computer in your house, and everybody used it, uh, or you used it. But the thing is, you tended to use just that computer. You didn't really tend to use one anywhere else. Yeah. So, yeah, you could customize it, make it do whatever you wanted and everything like that. But the problem is, as soon as you've got four computers or five computers, or one computer and an iPad and a, and a smartphone... The problem is if you don't have those same customizations on all of them, it can actually get in your way. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, it then becomes, well, if I'm going to customize it, can I do it on every machine I've got? And and I think we also we do upgrade our machines more quickly than we used to. So if you, if you spend a lot of time tinkering with it and getting it just the way you want, uh, and then you go out and buy a new machine, then it's how easy is it to get those... those um, those modifications over to the new machine working properly there's all of these things you know it, it, they kind of just put, put people off uh, but I, I think I think again as a society we're just far we have been conditioned away now to, to accept what the manufacturer gives us as being the best that's not always the case um, but, but I think people generally tend to do that now certainly outside of the hardcore technical community I mean, absolutely Obviously, these things, these devices now sell to a lot of people who just aren't interested in fiddling with them anymore. Well, or you know? they're just not sophisticated enough to do so. Because well, it, it's, yeah. there's a lot of, of consumers out there that weren't brought up at this point on the whole modding thing or customizing it. You open it and start using it. That's what you do. Yeah. So, anyways, let's take a quick break, David. Um, I'm going to play that at minute, uh, episode number one. That came out on uh, the beginning of this week, I believe Monday. And if you like this, go check out App Minute. Uh, I'll have a link on techfanpodcast.com. In fact, it's already there. Uh, if you look on the right-hand side, all the little square 125 by 125 logos, you'll see App Minute. You can click that, subscribe to it. Uh, or go to stoplightnetwork.com, and you're going to find just a ton of shows at that page. Um and like you know, I, I was talking about. There's a, a new show that joined the network two weeks ago, and we've got feedback from Nick. He's uh, the host of uh, that podcast. We'll talk about it in a second. Be right back. You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. 
Tim, and for this episode of App Minute, I'm reviewing a game that's really popular. At least it seems to be on Facebook, all the uh, posts I see about it. It's called Candy Crush Saga from King.com Limited. Look, it's a simple kind of match three kind of game. The pieces fall down. It's bejeweled. Let's be honest, it's bejeweled. But it's free, so hey, that's great, right? Well, maybe not so much. This is one of these games that have just an atrocious amount, um, almost an insulting amount of in-app purchases. So when you first start getting into the game, you move through the levels pretty quickly, and then you hit a difficult level. takes you a few times to get past it, and oh, you run out of lives. A little timer comes on and says, ah, sorry, you got to wait 18 minutes before you can play again. Unless, of course, you want to buy some things. Almost every level you have to buy something to get a perfect score. Look, I don't mind paying for games. I would rather pay 99 cent and just have everything available to me. Let me play the game. Let me have fun. If you're going to put up artificial barriers to prevent me from playing the game, just so you can get a couple more nickels out of me on every single level, and there's some pretty expensive, I'm talking $15 in-app purchases in this game. Beautiful graphics. Gameplay is great. I really like the actual game. But it's annoying. In fact, it's more than annoying. It's insulting. Avoid Candy Crush Saga. If you see someone on Facebook, one of your friends, posting something about it, yeah, that's why. They're trying to get stuff. So avoid the game. And shame, shame, shame on you, King.com Limited. Come on. Back here on Tech Fan number 124, <laughs> not, not 126, <laughs> even though I said last week it was 125. No, this is 124. Next week will be 125. So uh, that was actually not the first episode of, uh, of App Minute. I apologize for that. That was episode number two, my review of uh, Candy Crutch Crush Saga. What do you think, David? Um, what you said did not surprise me because I'd heard... Uh, in fact, I heard from personal experience because my wife downloaded that game and then went ballistic when she said, oh, I, well, it's asking for more money. <laughs> I said, well, you, <laughs> I said, well, you, I, I know, I'd not seen it at this point. I said, well, you didn't pay for it. It was free download. She says, yeah, but it, she says it, it wants a huge, she, wants, she says it wants about eight pounds. Yeah. And I said, well, is that the only, she says, no, you can buy all this small stuff, but she said to to get any further I know I'm not going to th- the small stuff's not going to help me she says I'm going to need to spend £8 she says I'm not spending £8 on a little game like this uh, and um, yeah it it seems to be the ultimate example of video gaming uh, bait and switch it's it's gaming gone wrong yeah um, the way it, I didn't realize it was going to do this when I first started playing it and usually I only play games for a few minutes on my iPad before it's you know squirrel and I'm looking that way um, I was playing it I was really starting to get into it and then it said oh you know you can't play anymore you gotta wait 20 minutes before you can play again or you know share this on Facebook and then you can play some more oh so you want me to market this game for you now or give us money and you could continue to play or excuse me I, I it's it's insulting and it's a practice that needs to go away. 
And unfortunately, this game is extremely popular. So the developers out there in the world are going to, not all of them, of course, there's good developers out there that would never do this. But there's going to be developers that's going to see this and go, well, that's the way we do it now. Well, EA is a prime example. Uh, and, and unfortunately, Candy Crush Saga was one of the high, is the highest grossing app in the App Store. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, the game is insanely addictive. Give it that. Um, I think if they charge ten dollars for it, people would buy it. Sure, they'd probably make more money if they did that yeah, that way. Well, well, probably not because I think the problem is what they're doing. It's they are getting people addicted to the game, uh, and uh, you know they are using the marketing tricks of tweet your friends, Facebook your friends, and then we'll we'll give you a bit more drug. <laughs> you yeah. know? which means that you're bugging your friends with it, which is getting them to pay it as well. There's, there's obviously there's a social aspect as well. But the thing is, is that, is that if they're putting in, you know, $27 purchases and people are buying them, then, yeah, they are going to say, well, this is a gravy train. We're going to do it again. It's, know, disgusting. it's, li- it's likely to be short-lived in that within six months there'll be 80 clones of games like this sure with the same business model well this is and, a, this and, is a clone and, too i mean this yeah. is bejeweled yeah that's all it is and of course i think i'm probably putting my foot in my mouth here probably a company like ea or somebody owns bejeweled and they're going to see this and go that's what we're doing but you're right i, I think they're, there's going to be companies that's going to clone this and it's going to their sales will tank eventually because there's going to be so many just like it yeah yeah uh, and and of course, you know, there's there's stories out there of kids who've run up huge in-app purchases with this game, four thousand dollars and stuff like yeah. that. You know, which okay, those those are edge cases, but I, I just look, I I think get any any piece of software, if if it's going to have this sort of model, it needs to lay out how it works from the start. You know, most most a lot awful lot of, of so-called freemium games do that they basically say well here you go you get the first level for free then you've got to pay to open up the game and then sometimes you've got to pay a bit more to open up the rest of it well here's the thing yeah. i did a review on episode four um of a game that i really like and it's one of these things that why can't it's called little acorns it's kind of a it's a platformer if you will uh-huh. it's I call it a Mario-like game, but it's it's kind of not because uh, you don't scroll over to the right or left, you know, to the end of the level. Um, but you know, you jump, you run, you collect things, and you try to get it within the time limit, and then you get to the exit door before the time expires. It's fun, yeah. And uh, you know, it's got different levels. So, like, one of them's ice, so it's harder to jump and stop where you want to stop. And it's got bad guys like evil raccoons that shoot you and caterpillars and it's it's goofy and fun right the thing is it has that in-app purchases so shouldn't i be upset with that no because one of them is it's called like the the big fat cheat which gives you more time to accomplish a level uh, and it gives you a couple little extra things and that's 99 cents uh, the game itself is 99 cents as well and then there's another one that unlocks I think that one unlocks all the levels too, and then there's a lo- there's a one that you can buy and you get all the different costumes for your character, and that costs ninety nine cents. So at the most, you're going to spend three bucks on the game, but that's it. And for in app purchases, I think that's fair because I don't need yeah. the cheats to to win, and I don't need all the little costumes for my character. But if I'm really into the game, 
and I'm struggling, well, okay, maybe. Or if I'm really into the game and I want to see him in, you know, a, a yeah. little costume, yeah, 99 cents, what's the big deal? Now, would I prefer three bucks right at the top? In this case, no. Because I don't care about the little extra time or the cheats. I don't, I don't want to cheat to get ahead. And uh, I, don't, I don't really care about the costumes, to be honest. Yeah. So, no, I would rather spend 99 cents, see that those options are available, and choose not to, or, yeah. you know, that that's what I want to do. Yeah, I th- all of those things are all fine, but I think where it falls down is when they start using timers. The basic says you can't play mm-hmm. unless you wait, or you have to do, you have to pay us in some way, and, and that payment might be money, or it might be promotion by tweeting it to your friends or something in order to continue to play the game well that you know what that is that's basically saying uh, that's the same as I saying think to that's a child extortion david yeah it's saying to a child you want a cookie you want a cookie yeah i've got a nice cookie for you here and waving it in front of them and then when the cook child reached out for the cookie taking it away go no you can't have it now you can have it in a bit <laughs> go punch it's your sis- go punch your sister in the face first then yeah. you can have this cookie <laughs> yeah you know no, it's, it's not. It's 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 letting them have a couple bites before you take it away. Yeah, from them. yeah, that's right. And then taking everything that you want anymore, you have to wait. Yeah. And what does a child do when you do that to them? They burst into tears. Yep. Yeah. Because it's not nice. Well, that's what kind. I did with Candy Crush Saga. I burst into tears, David. I was crushed. <laughs> well, no, what I'm saying is, I mean, obviously kids can't control their emotion, but the fact they burst into tears is because they feel they've been somebody's been mean to them. Yes. Yeah, and that's exactly what the <laughs> game people are doing with it. It's this. a good it's analogy. Like, yeah, yeah. They are basically, they are being mean to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, people should... And I, you know what? I'm reading an article... Uh, while we're talking about it, it's on BuzzFeed about the 12 stages of Candy Crush addiction. Yeah. Which is fine. So it's got, you know, panic, bargaining, despair, shame, all this sort of stuff. <laughs> but the comments in this article are extremely interesting. From Facebook, you know, some people are saying, this game's ruined my life. I've taken out a second mortgage on my house to pay for boosting extra lives. <laughs> uh, somebody's actually changed the date and time on their phone to get more lives so they've actually moved their phone forward in time uh-huh. to, to avoid the timers yep people say oh i've spent so much money and then somebody's like you you guys are losers i'm in level 305 and i haven't spent a penny all you need is a bit of patience you know <laughs> yeah that's a person that doesn't get it <laughs> well that's somebody who's going i'm gonna stick it to the man by not by by not paying for anything but i'm still going to play the game to the end yeah mm-hmm. because my t- that's somebody who's got such low self-esteem that their time is worth nothing to them <laughs> yes exactly absolutely <laughs> you know <laughs> it's sad it, yeah, it it's is, an but, industry standard that needs to change immediately yeah and it's well, not it, going to yeah, no it's it's not i'm taking my wife to see man of steel tonight yep. and when we looked this morning for theatres we were on them, we could not find one that was local, had the movie on at the right time that was in 2D. Yeah, so we are basically, again, being forced to watch it in 3D, even though neither of us really want to see it in 3D. Yeah. I've already seen it, but I, so having seen it, I know that 3D, I saw it in 2D, I know that 3D is not going to add anything to it. No. Yeah. My wife hates 3D anyway, it gives her a headache, and she wears glasses, so it, she'll be uncomfortable for two and a half hours. But the industry has said... 
you've got to pay extra for 3D whether you like it or not because we're we're going to limit the supply of the 2D showings. Actually, 3D is starting to fall out of favor massively with the studios. Uh, I think in another year, a year's time from now, David, you're going to see 3D shrinking in popularity as far as the movie theaters are concerned, and you're going to see much more uh, show times for the 2D version. Uh, well, it might be falling out of favor with the studios, but I bet the theaters really love it. No, well, they do for the profit, except yeah. more and more people are avoiding them. Uh, it's already happened here where I live. Yeah. Uh, a year ago, the 3D version of a certain movie would be, you know, uh, in two theaters, and it would cost an extra two bucks, and the 2D version was in one theater, and it ran four times a day. It's just the opposite now. Yeah. The 2D version is in two theaters. And the 3D version is in one theater, and it plays a lot less often. And I actually asked the guy who was giving me my popcorn, I said, I noticed the 3D is playing less. And he goes, yeah, people don't like it anymore. And that's the guy serving me popcorn. Yeah, He sees everybody that goes to the movies every day. And if they're already saying, yeah, people, they're sick of the 3D stuff, it's on its way out, man. Well, I'm glad people are voting with their feet. I can't wait for that start happening here in the UK. And I, I, I hope that people vote with their feet on these sorts of games as well me too so let's uh talk about our feedback a little bit Mm. we got one from uh, nick yeah funnily enough another one calling us on pronunciation (laughs) as the host of the mac gist yeah i'd like to say you pronounce our shame show name wrong it is the mac gist and he used that um, yep. I, I must, yeah, that, that incredibly complicated Wikipedia thing they do, Gist. which actually tells you how it's how it's pronounced. Yeah, so it is gist, not gist. I, I see. I knew that when we talked about it, but I didn't want to call you out. Oh, you should have. You should have. Um, you know, he was right though. It's yeah. that's yeah. that's my bad. As though the only thing he is right about in this email, <laughs> <laughs> he says. I'd also like to say that I, I guess I was one of the only people who didn't care about Xbox DRM. I pre-ordered the one day one and didn't cancel it. I feel like having a system check-in every 24 hours would suck. While having a system check-in every 24 hours would suck, there could be a lot of benefits to it. Look at Steam. You have an internet connect. You have to have an internet connection to play your games, and people don't seem to care. In, fa- in fact, they love Steam. I also really love the voice features of Connect, and the new TV stuff is awesome. Thank you for that, Nick. But you are wrong. Because <laughs> how did I respond to you, Tim? It, I, I, I believe I swore, so yeah, don't yeah. say that. I said I effing hate Steam. <laughs> yeah, you don't like Steam. I've got a Steam account. I bought a couple games off Steam. It's probably been a year since I played Steam. Because here's the thing, David. Every single time I would try to, oh, you know, I've got the Steam account. I've actually paid money. Uh, I guess, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go play Portal. So click up, there's an update, and it's slower than whatever. I'm sitting there waiting. And it's every game I've ever bought on Steam, if I haven't played it within a couple weeks or two, and usually it's longer than that, it's a a month or two, there's a stupid update again. And I got to sit there and wait and wait and wait. And the Steam client itself needs to be updated. Oh my God, on the Mac, the Steam client is terrible. On the PC, it's a lot better. But even on the PC, it still needs to be updated frequently. If you've not played it in a couple of weeks, yep. it will insist that you connect to the internet and log on. Yep. So, so if you're in a hotel, in, you're screwed. Yeah. Well, this, this is what happened to me. The last time we talked about this is when we were doing the show when I was in Botswana. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was on a slow internet connection, and I wanted to play Serious Sam. This is a game that even back then was about eight years old. Right. 
I bought off this Steam. This segment, by the way, is called Why Nick is Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, even then, the you know, the game was downloaded on the hard drive. I just wanted to play it offline. No, I, I'd been offline for too long. I have to check in with Steam. And, of course, when you check in with Steam, and then it says, oh, every game you got. I think I did have a copy of Portal on there as well. And it said, oh, we need an update for this. We need an update for that. And it, until it had gone through all of that stuff, it would not let me play. Nope, you got to sit there and wait. Yeah. So What's it's the matter, David? A- can't you just be patient? And obviously not. <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> S- Sitting in a hotel in Botswana, there's so many other things you could be doing right then, David. <laughs> Absolutely. You'd be f- swatting the flies away. Uh, yeah, I could sweeping have sweeping the sand out of the hotel room. I could have gone out and got myself mugged. Yep, there you go. I mean, no. the culture. I mean, experience <laughs> the culture of the place, David. But no, you want to stay safe in the hotel room and play a video and game. play a video game. Now, my problem with this is not yeah. Steam is Steam, and that's the system they've got. Okay. Um, the the problem I had with it was that when you go when you sign up for Steam, it's all oh, it's wonderful. You can download the games where you don't worry. You can play them offline. They don't tell you any of this. No, it's not made clear to you the bargain you're making. Because you know what? If I'd have known that, I would have gone out to the store. I would have found for probably the same price I paid for it a CD with Serious Sam on it. I would have put it on my computer and I would have played the hell out of it. Yep. Because all I wanted to do was mindlessly shoot lots of things. I didn't want to patch stuff. You know, I do not too much of that stuff in my day shop, you know? And you, and you wonder, wait a minute, It was it, StarCraft was the same way. StarCraft 2. Yeah. I hadn't played it in a while. Uh, Blizzard is very kind to always send me uh, the latest games, which is nice for review. Yeah. And I talk about them here on the podcast, so I feel like I'm living up to my end of the bargain. Except, if it's a bad game, I'm going to say. Now, thankfully, yeah. for the most part... I, I can't think of any really bad Blizzard games. I mean, they do a great job when it comes to video games. I'm not a World of Warcraft guy, but I can appreciate how well done that game was. And I gave it a bad review because I thought, and I wrote it in my review at the time, who the hell is going to spend this much money to play a game on a monthly basis? A subscription to a game? They're out of their mind. This is going to be a huge failure. Um, I think the verdict's still out there. Um, I wanted to play uh, StarCraft 2. I fired it up. Oh, there's a update. you gotta you got to update this game. And for whatever reason, I had a great internet connection here at home. It took forever to download. Yeah. And by the time it was done and relaunching, I didn't feel like playing anymore. It had been yeah. like an hour. I'm like, ah, screw you. But you know what, Tim? It's You see, we're, we're being silly moaning about these things because those these measures, they prevent piracy. And that piracy is killing the gaming industry. See, I've just typed Serious Sam into Google here. I typed the word Serious Sam Torrent into Google. And I've only had 1.4 million results. So that's a significant reduction in the piracy of this game from this DRM. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It would have uh, been over 2 million easily. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yes, admittedly I have, you know, just scrolling through here, at least the first five pages are nothing but direct links to torrents of very serious Sam games. So, yes, technically the game is apparently available in a freely freely available in a pirated form that doesn't require any DRM but I'm sure that the people who run Steam know what they're doing and appreciate that inconveniencing their customers for the sake of preventing piracy is ultimately a win-win game for everybody you know downloading games to your computer (laughs) uh, over the internet instead of going to buy a box copy is nothing new 
Uh, yeah. I've, I've been doing this since I got my very first Mac in 94. Literally. That's how I got the first few games that I ever played on my Performa. So that's nothing new. What's new is this requirement to check in with mama and dada to make sure that you're not doing anything wrong and that you're still being a good boy out there. Yeah. That's what pisses me off because let's be honest. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. The only thing that these online checks do is inconvenience your honest customers. That's it. It's not slowing down as your Google search showed. It's not slowing down piracy at all. It's no. just not because the people that are going to steal your game are going to steal your game, no matter what barriers you put in front of them. And I, I, I think of the people who pirate software, I would without I'm pulling fit, uh, numbers out of the air here, but I would suggest easily ninety five percent of them would not buy the game under any circumstances. Right, and that's the fallacy yeah. of their argument. Well, yeah. you know, if, if they could pirate it, they're going to. Otherwise, they're going to have to buy it. No, they wouldn't have bought it regardless. Yeah. They were never your customer. They were own, They only want the game if they don't have to pay for it. Yeah. And Now, people uh, made the same argument when uh, Napster was huge, and I still agree with that. Did I download stuff on Napster? Absolutely. But you know what I was downloading, David? The stuff that I had cassettes of. Yeah. But I would never have gone out and bought those CDs. Never would have done that. As much as I like Duran Duran, I wasn't going to go out and buy a new Duran Duran CD that I had on cassette from the 80s. That wasn't going to yeah. happen. I kind of wanted to listen to it on my iPod a little bit or on my computer. So I downloaded the MP3 because there was no legal way to do so at the time. But but that's still a, a big problem for the music industry, they say, is online piracy. They're still suing their customers. They're still doing that. Despite the fact that digital downloads are huge and they're making a heck of a lot of money on it. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, what what having having a downloadable version of stuff that's easy to use and allows people to pay a fair price for that does two things first of all yeah it does convert that fringe percent of the pirates who basically are are cheap but when they're given a convenient option convenient wins over cheapness yeah so they'll go out and they'll pay for it rather than steal it yeah but but also what it does does is it educates new customers coming into the market that this is the way you buy and those people yeah, they they kind of stick with that. Let's take a quick break, David. We'll come back and wrap up this show. I've got something else I want to talk about real quick, and we'll be uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the G-Man. People like me. Ekuzizun hutan igiten dugo gaz etagai zaletu zen. Garek asko gustio deskagotu ita iskasiko horungo astian. They would smear his gums with peanut butter. Odia guan fiag el dit akabat masa temps in idiomes disconeguts aexi que nomes dare final ai adieu. Thanks for downloading this podcast. <laughs> Come on, guy, get a grip. Maybe she really likes fish. Oh, please. This is what it's like when you put it all together. Why don't you start us off? (laughs) Back with uh, Tech Fan Podcast. If you guys want to send feedback to us, go to techfanpodcast.com. 
you can leave a comment under one of the show notes, or you can send us feedback, uh, Tim at techfanpodcast.com or David at techfanpodcast.com. Yeah. Uh- and just to just to return to Nick for a minute, sorry for ragging on you so so much there, Nick. Uh, <laughs> He's obviously, getting a kick out of yeah, it. Don't, obviously, don't ob- fool yeah, yourself. I'm sure he does. Obviously, uh, we disagree. And but I, I, I mean, look, Nick's got a fair point. There are there are certain amount of people who didn't care, and we'll never know how the vocal, how vocal, how the put my teeth in how the the number of how whether the number of people who forced Microsoft to change their mind with their um, comments on the xbox one drm how whether that not whether that was a vocal minority or whether actually was whether the majority of the customers i don't think we have the demographics from that no. but it's made them change their mind and I, and I think that's probably improved the xbox one experience for everybody in the long run maybe i mean they're like i said last week they threw a lot of really good and needed features that i wanted to see in the next generation of consoles right out the window and went back to the status quo shut that baby up no, <laughs> she's she's just cancelled her Xbox One pre-order. <laughs> I've got a uh, a garage sale slash yard sale going on here at my house, and I'm surprised that we haven't had a lot of noise here. Yeah. Do you want to yes. go deal with that real quick, or uh, I think she's okay. You okay. all right, darling? All right. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Give me a smile now. Welcome to Tech Fan Parenting. I'm your dad, Tim Robertson, joined by fellow dad, David Cohen. Welcome. She's, just just to fill the listeners in, she now has a princess sticker book, and she's smiling again. So. Uh, well, she's happy. <laughs> yeah. My kids have a uh, lemonade. I texted you this. They, they have yeah. a lemonade stand, and uh, they're doing very well today. Today, they added not just yesterday, they had lemonade and cookies, and they made 1550 so they were very excited about making. Actually, no, they broke. They, it was uh, twenty dollars. Did yeah. you take the uh, cost of the ingredients off them? It's Kool Aid, so it's you know nineteen cents for a little thing. Uh, but it's also yeah. lemons and sugar. Uh, I, hope, and, I hope you're charging them business rates. Power. Oh sure, uh, rent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you've got to no put a life ride here. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, today they added suckers to it. A sucker for twenty five cents, but it's a, it's one of those good big fat suckers, you know, the ones that take you a while to get through, and then it has, I think they have the tootsie roll thing in the middle. So, right. um, last thing before we wrap this up, David, I've been playing. I told you last week that uh, uh, we lost an employee. He had installed iOS seven yeah. on an iPhone five. Nick actually said uh, he could help me out putting iOS six back on there, and I secretly admitted to. I'm kind of having fun playing with iOS 7 on here. Yeah. Uh, I took the phone with me when I went to Chicago this last week. Uh-huh. And I put it on the new iTunes radio thing. Yeah. I really like it, dude. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I'm not... I, radio on my on my phone is not a big deal because I've had Pandora and I've had Spotify. And, you know, there's a couple yeah. other ones. Rhapsody's been out there for a, a long time longer than iTunes but this is better yeah. um, but it's Outside. only better because I already use iTunes I'm already in the Apple ecosystem uh-huh. I've already spent like 10 bucks on songs that I really liked directly in the app 
because that was one of the features it shows you the song that you're listening to and there's a little button right at the top that says you know 69 cents all the way up to a dollar 29 unfortunately i think the five songs maybe six that i've bought now were all like a dollar 29 but whoever is programming or whoever wrote the program that does it the different radio stations and the genres has done a great job yeah, I've added probably oh ten different radio stations at this point, um, and these are ones that were already pre-made by Apple. The alternative one, really good. Uh, there's a blues one that I really like. There's an old school uh, rap, uh, not rap. Maybe it is rap. I forget. I would unplug it and look, but it would wake up my iMac, and my iMac is hot because it's very warm here today, and my yeah. fans will start kicking. Actually, I can do it without what is it called old school r&b and soul that was really good uh hair metal yeah it was kind of fun to listen to for 20 minutes and then it's like okay i've had enough of that but can you can you can you define your own playlist and songs right let's say you're listening to a song and you're like i really like this i want to build a radio station slash playlist around this song and it will do that and so far it's making really good choices and i think that's only going to get better as more and more people start to use the service. Yeah. I'm really impressed with it. The audio quality is fantastic. Sometimes with these, um, and I'm not going to call out any names, but they give you very low bit rate yeah. versions of it. it I mean, I, for instance, I'll say it, Pandora. I was listening to a song in Pandora that I actually own the uh, MP3 to. And now this was an MP3 that I owned the CD and I converted to MP3 at 128. So it's, I didn't even give it a high bit rate, right? Yeah. I'm listening to it. It just sounded kind of muddy. And this isn't like AM radio or FM radio where I could tune it in a little bit better. Yeah, It's digital. So what you're hearing is what they're broadcasting. Uh-huh. I fired up my version of it, which I knew I didn't record at a high bit rate or convert at a high bit rate. And it sounded 10 times better. Yeah. I'm not finding any of that with that with the iTunes. It sounds really good. They're all at a very high bit rate. The audio quality is fantastic. So the problem I'm going to have is that when this launches, it's only going to be available in the U.S. Yeah, but you it's... got a U.S. account. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. I, I was not. I was never able to get iTunes Match to work with my U.S. account. I had to. Uh, it, it was aware that I wasn't in the U.S. and it, and it wouldn't let me sign up for it. Hmm. I had to wait for them to launch it here. So. Um, I'll have to see when that comes out. There's one thing, just looking through the description on the uh, on the Apple website of this, there's one thing that I think it needs that it doesn't have, mm-hmm. which is something like Shazam. So you can actually, if you are, you know, you're in a store and you hear a piece of music, you should be able to capture that, identify what it is, and then say, I want to hear more like this. Oh, that would be cool. You're right. That yeah. would be very nice. Um, Apple should just buy suggestions. <laughs> By that, yeah. Shazam! I can't Shazam. say it today. Shazam! Shazam! I don't know why I can't say it. Let me let me borrow your teeth for a minute, David. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like I like the app. I mean, it, it mm. well the service. I guess it works extremely well. Now it has popped a few ads into mine, and I thought that it said if you're um, and iTunes. It says, yeah, it says it says if you're when it launches that if you're an iTunes Match customer, yeah. then you won't get ads. Yeah, well, I'm but, getting the ads this, even though yeah, I am but a it's, Match. It's not customer. ready. It's not finished yet, though, right. is it? Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, and there, it is a little buggy. If there's any app running that 
has anything to do with audio. Like, for instance, I, I was saying that I recorded the last At Minute, uh, episode number four, Little Acorns, yeah. on my iPhone 5. Well, I did it on that phone with iOS 7. And I didn't quit out of the Voice Memo app. Well, iTunes wouldn't play, or the iTunes radio wouldn't play at all. It said it was, but I couldn't hear anything. Mm. So I went, kill those apps, and boom, it started playing. That's a bug. That's why it's a beta version of the software. Yeah. Those are the kind of things that they'll oh. fix. But uh, I don't know. That's the sort of thing you need to write a four-page rant on um, uh, the unofficial Apple web blog complaining about. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, saying Apple is get, doomed get someone, because. Get someone on this right now. Or yeah. you guys are doomed. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Steve Jobs will never have released this. <laughs> it, I've, um, I think this is going to be hugely popular. And this is yeah. really the first thing Apple has done in music that I think has a chance of really being big since the iTunes Store launched. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that they did was what? Ping? <laughs> that was a dud. Yeah, yeah it was. And uh, this is not going to be a dud. This is going to be extremely popular. I'm, I'm not sure how it knows who your friends are and listen to their feeds or their radio stations. I'm not sure how that's going to work. But if they can build that in really well, tie it into, say, maybe Facebook or Twitter or both, I think that would be really cool. So iTunes Radio could push uh, your listings up to your Twitter or your Facebook account, and then other people can oh, I like him on Twitter. I follow that guy. Let's see what he likes. Oh, he's got some great radio stations. Yeah, and, and not only that, this is the sort of this is the sort of thing that has been missing. You know, one of the things is as you get older is you, you do realise that there is whole genres of music out there that you've never heard of that yeah. people really are into. Right. Uh, and and one of the reasons for that is is that, you know, with these devices now you, I don't listen to a lot of broadcast radio. Sorry. So I never get to hear this stuff. Right. It's you it's know. it's more difficult for people of our age. To yeah. discover new music, because if you're younger, you probably do listen to music more often on the radio, uh, or if you don't, you're watching television shows that's catered to your demographic, that's playing soundtracks to stuff that you like, or your friends on Facebook, yeah, or MySpace. No, <laughs> I, I'm getting a lot of emails from MySpace lately. It's weird. Yeah, I haven't signed into my MySpace account in like three years. And I'm getting all these, hey, come back to MySpace and blah blah blah. Go away. Who are you? Leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, damn you, Murdoch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really difficult for us to discover new stuff. Well, yeah, the, typically the times that I want to listen to music, I tend to listen to music when I'm working. Yep. If I've got a you know document to write, something like that, uh, or I need to do something from work, I, that's when I like to have music on. Now, the problem is, is that I'm not going to put the radio on because it has somebody speaking on it right. and it has big gaps and it has ads and all those the sort of things that are going to take me out of me working. So I'll play something out of my iTunes library. So I'm not never getting to listen to anything new at all. Okay, so here's the problem, no. Dave. You're listening to iTunes radio now, right? Yeah. A song comes on you've never heard before, but you're right in the middle of something. You can't stop to go over there and click the buy button and or even to see who it is, right? But you hear it, and you're like, I really like that. And then an hour goes by. They're not going to play it again. So what do you do? What about well, that song that you listen to? I Well, I would be I would be listening to that on my iPhone. So I would probably just pick the thing up and use Siri to say more like this. Or... You don't have to. No? No. There's a little button that says history, and it shows you everything that it's played for you so far. 
Oh, well, there you go. There you go. And They've you can click that song trick. again, and it, will, yeah. and it will give you a preview, and you go, yes, that's the one that I heard when I couldn't get to my phone. That's the one I want to buy. Click done. It's so well thought out, man. It yeah. really is. Uh, there's no uh, one of the things I absolutely hated about Pandora, unless you're a paid Pandora user, is you can only skip so many songs, then you can't skip anymore. Hey, screw you! I don't want to hear this song, so either I can't skip it now because I've already skipped five songs or whatever it is, or you just got to listen to it. Or my choice is I quit Pandora. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. don't put up these stupid artificial barriers. Apple is doing it absolutely right. It's audio quality is fantastic. It's got a history feature that I can go back and listen to and, you know, something that I heard that I want to buy because heaven forbid I'm listening to this in my car, which is the case here. I'm listening to it in my car. I'm not going to be driving down Interstate 94 in heavy traffic and, oh, I want to buy this song. I'm going to look at my iPhone for a few minutes. Oh, here. yeah, it's because you're too busy sending text messages. Right. <laughs> you know? So I can literally go back in time, see what it's played for me, and go, oh, that's the song I liked. Boom. Yeah. Done. Smart. It's so smart. Very so smart. kudos to Apple. I think this this is going to be a huge deal in iOS 7. Uh, I think it's going to make a lot of people subscribe to Match because they're going to – and look, the ads that they're playing right now are very unobtrusive. They sound fine, and it's usually related so far to what I just heard. Uh-huh. Like I was listening to some blues thing, and the, the announcer came on, the ad came on and said, this is the first song that so-and-so's had in 20 years. This album is available in iTunes. Check it out in iTunes. You know, download it in iTunes. I was like, well, that's kind of cool. A little informative, you know. Um, it's obviously a pitch to get me to buy something, but I didn't mind it. Yeah. And I learned a little bit. Oh, heaven forbid. I think this is going to be a, a... It's going to be bigger than most people know yet. This is going to be what iOS 7 is going to be remembered for uh, three years from now. Right now, yep. the whole thing is how it looks, and it's so different. Once everyone gets used to the differences and they look back, they're going to say, oh, yeah, that's when uh, iTunes Radio started. Wow. Could you imagine not having iTunes Radio now? And I do think it's going to hurt companies like Spotify and Pandora. I really do. Because it's so much better. Yeah. They get it. And that's uh, that's a nice thing for a company the size of Apple. You know, we're always ragging on the big companies. You know, they're not giving us what they're trying to screw us over and blah, 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 and DRM and always checking in online. Here's a big company. Some would say the biggest now in the tech industry, no question. That's getting it right. And it's exactly what I've been wanting for a long time. And I'm glad that I'm getting to play with it right now. And that's why I'm not going to bump this phone back down to iOS 6 because no, I want a radio. Um, it's really great, David. You're going to enjoy it. And I hope they don't screw you over in the UK or anywhere else in the world by not getting the full experience. Uh, well, we'll just have to see. It's, uh, I mean, obviously it's dependent on uh, on local local deals, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess there's some kind of a new conversation tool at Netflix. Um, I've been reading about this. It starts asking you questions and it's very personal. Like, do you, do you smell that? Maybe it's just me. Hey, maybe I can help you find what you're looking for or something like that. Um, I haven't played with it yet, but that's one of the things that uh, I want to talk about in a future episode. Cool. Um, looks kind of neat, but we should yeah, probably wrap this up soon. We should do. But next week, I also want to talk a little bit about Google Reader, which is going away mm-hmm. um, this week. It's going away but Monday. 
So to wrap this up, I do want to say um, today is my oldest daughter's 19th birthday. It's the very first birthday that I won't see her. She's in Indianapolis. Uh, she's got a summer job, and uh, I'm a little sad about that. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's when your children get to the age where you don't get to see them on their birthday because they're working. Yeah. That's when things change. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you want to say for the better or worse. It, it's worse for me because I, I, I really miss her, especially on her birthday. Um, 19 years sounds like a, a long time for probably a lot of our listeners, but for you and I, 19 years ago wasn't that long ago, David. No. And, uh, yeah, I don't I don't like this trend, not seeing her on her birthday. I really don't. Uh, but here's the ironic part. She posted on her Facebook profile where she's working. Uh-huh. And what she's doing is she's working in this warehouse where she puts books in boxes and she stacks them. And that's my understanding anyways. The company she's working for is the company that published my book six, seven years ago. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of worked for them. I was an author for them. And um, somebody just like you probably seven years ago was stacking books that your name was in as far as the dedication to the book. <laughs> yeah. Irony. Definitely. So, Small world. Rachel, happy birthday. And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode Friday or Saturday next week, David? Friday. Great. I might be tired because I probably won't get sleep Thursday night because that's the 4th of July and people lose their minds. I've ranted on this before on podcasts and websites. It's my I hate this holiday for that fact. Yeah. Uh, and I know the, the British people aren't real happy about the 4th of July either. Um, or Independence th- Day. <laughs> I think I think we're over it now. Well, yeah, you guys got Macs now and, I, and iPhones. You wouldn't have got that if we'd still be a colony. We'd still be that's riding true. buggies around. Yeah, probably. Yeah, everything would be made of brass. <laughs> We'd be living in a steampunk world. Yeah, exactly. Actually, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my friend, I'll see you next week. All right, see you then.